Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. So pleased that you've chosen to give me just a little bit of your time today. Now, today's episode is going to be looking at uh, what would really be classed as quite a theological concept. Uh, There's a line in a song that I love to sing that for a long time slightly confused me. It was like, what is, why are we singing about anchors? This makes no sense to me at all. Um, Sometimes there are these beautiful pictures and metaphors that we find in songs that uh, once we understand the metaphor and we understand what it is trying to say and where it's from in scripture, we can sing the song very differently. And uh, so the particular song that I'm talking about is a Hillsong song called Cornerstone. And there's, a, there's a line in here uh, about this anchor uh, that's behind the veil. It's like, what is that line all about? So that's what we're going to explore today as we look at Hebrews chapter 6 verses 19 to 20. So I hope you find this really uh, interesting, inspiring and uh Please do share this podcast episode with friends who you think might find it helpful as well. The other thing to say is uh, if you want to support this podcast, you are able to do that. In the show notes, you'll find a link for buymeacoffee.com. If you go to buy me a coffee, then you can buy us a coffee. Uh, it takes time each week to put on this podcast, to record it, to design the material and to edit it, upload it. And uh, if you want to support uh, as we do this each week, um, then you can support us by buying us a coffee. And uh, if you could buy as one coffee or multiple, it really doesn't matter. It's just one way of supporting us. If you so wished, if you've been blessed by this podcast in the last couple of years and continue to be blessed, you may want to support us by buying us a coffee. It's just one of the ways um, that you may want to do that. Anyway, here we go. We're going to jump straight in. So this title to today's podcast is this what's an anchor doing in the holy of holies one of my favorite christian songs is cornerstone Uh, it's a hill song song Uh, i don't know if you know it or not but the limits go like this my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy trust in jesus name Christ alone, cornerstone, weak, made strong in the Saviour's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. And then there is this next bit, and it goes, When darkness seems to hide his face, that's Jesus' face that's being hidden. When darkness seems to hide Jesus' face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. My anchor holds within the veil. And that line, my anchor holds within the veil. I've often read it or sang it and gone, what the heck? What the heck is that all about? My anchor holds within the veil. Hebrews 6, 19 to 20 says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. He enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So we have a hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Oh my gosh, what the heck is being said here? Let's just back up for a second. Let me just share this with you. 
Zachariah. This is John the Baptist's dad. Now, he was one of those in the highest position in the Jewish faith. And in the Christmas story, we are told that Zechariah goes into the Holy of Holies. And whilst in the Holy of Holies, that is where he has his encounter with God, where he hears by an angel that they're going to have this son, which, which we now know as John the Baptist. Uh Zachariah and his wife had been trying for children and hadn't had a child. Uh, they were later in years. It was very unlikely for them to get pregnant. And in the Holy of Holies, he has, he has this encounter. He's told, you're going to have a child. And we're told that he loses, becomes mute. He can't speak until the day that John is born. And what is uh, really fun about this is one of the things we know about the tradition of the priest going into the Holy of Holies is there was this fear that if the priest went into the Holy of Holies and they weren't as holy as they thought they were, uh, it may be that they were standing God's presence and they would get struck down by the glory of the Lord. Uh, to be in the Holy of Holies was something that only happened at, at, at specific moments in the Jewish calendar and that only the highest priests could enter into the Holy of Holies uh, to make sure uh, the sacrifices were given. And the prayers were given. Now, when Zechariah went in, what they would do is they would tie a rope to his right leg. He would go in with a rope on his leg. And if for any reason he collapsed and died in God's presence, uh, then what they'd be able to do is pull on the rope and drag his dead body out of the temple. So there's this great fear that the Holy of Holies was so sacred and special that you couldn't enter it. And, and therefore, if somebody went in there, they may die, may need dragging out. I found that really interesting. So you and I can't go into the Holy of Holies because we're not holy enough. And therefore, a rope would be around the high priest's leg to tug them out uh, if they died while in the Holy of Holies. So Hebrews 6, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. We have this hope that of the anchor of the soul, firm and secure. This anchor it enters the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, behind the curtain, where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. So Zechariah had a rope around his leg that was essentially to pull him out of the Holy of Holies. And we're told in Hebrews that it's like Jesus has a rope on his leg, that Jesus is the anchor in the Holy of Holies, that he gets to pull us into the Holy of Holies. So when we sing in those lyrics, uh, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. In other words, Jesus is in the Holy of Holies and he's hidden behind the veil in the, in the uh, Holy of Holies. And that we are tied to him. He is our anchor. And that whatever happens outside of the Holy of Holies, uh, we we are secure because we're tied to him no matter what happens. Friends, that blows my mind. That concept that Zachariah needed to be pulled out via a rope because he made collapse on the spot. That same thinking is now what we are tied to. Jesus is in the Holy of Holies. We're now tied to him and that he is pulling us into the Holy of Holies because of what he has done. I love 
this concept. It's not a concept. This is rich theology here. This is beautiful. Your leg is tied to Jesus the anchor in the Holy Holies, a sacred, most sacred place um, in in terms of uh, worship uh, geography, the Holy of Holies. We're tied to Jesus in the Holy of Holies and he's now pulling us in. I love this. Friends, I was doing some research uh, a little while ago just around this theological concept and I came across a, a, a theological lecturer called Chad Bird and he was writing on a website called uh, 1517 and he's a theological teacher, a lecturer and he'd written a short paper entitled What's an Anchor Doing in the Holy of Holies? Anchor to do with boats. So why is there an anchor in the Holy of Holies? And I read this short paper and I absolutely loved it. And I want to read it to you today. And I hope that you love his paper as much as I did. So I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to go nice and slow. I may stop, pause, make a little observation and comment and then carry on. But essentially I'm reading from Chad Bird's paper uh, on uh, entitled What's an Anchor Doing in the Holy of Holies? If you like it, and you want a copy of it, I'm going to put a link to his uh, post on that website of, of 1517. I'm going to post it for you so you can get hold of it as well. You may want to use bits of this or just stick it in a bucket somewhere later on at some point when you get the opportunity to lead a Bible study or preach a sermon, it might be useful to you. So what's an anchor doing in the Holy of Holies? Some of the last words our Lord Jesus spoke were addressed to a man who stood on the precipice of eternity. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was no time to blabber some sentimental nonsense. No occasion for chit-chat. The words to a dying man must be words pregnant with life. This man, who could taste the bitterness of death, swallowed the sweetness of life in these words, these dying words, uh, to a dying man. Um, what he's talking about there is the two criminals either side of Jesus. Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. They're the words that Jesus spoke uh, to those two men hanging on the cross. Edward Mote got this. When he paid a visit to the bedside of his friend's wife, who was staring death in the face, what would he say? He would say what the Lord had given him to say earlier that day. On the way to work, he had penned a short chorus. By day's end, he had four stanzas written on a scrap of paper folded in his pocket. His friend liked to sing hymns to his wife to comfort her. But that evening, he had misplaced his hymnal. Out of his pocket, Ed pulled the scrap of paper into his Dying this into this dying woman's ears, he sang, "My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness." And he continued to sing until he came to these words: "Where darkness hides his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil." These stanzas were of such comfort to the man and his dying wife that he left a copy of the hymn for them. A hymn written in 1843 that would wind up being one of the most beloved songs of the church. 
If your words give hope to one who is dying, no matter how simple or how elegant they are, these words are poetry to the soul. I wish every pastor, when he preaches to his flock, would look upon them as the thief on the cross or as Edward Mote's friend and speak accordingly. Physical death may not befall them that day or that week, but death wears many a mask. He comes calling in manifold ways. The death of a marriage, death in addiction, the demise of hopes and dreams and friendships and careers. In all these deaths, kindness veils Christ's lovely face. When we need him the most, he seems most absent. We are tossed about in the darkness like a ship caught in the midnight storm, searching for him, for hope something stable. In the midst of these storms, what we need is not a list of spiritual principles by which we can row the boat of our lives safely back to harbour. What we need is not a coach standing in the prow telling, row harder, pray more fervently. The last thing we need is for somebody to start singing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and your righteous we don't need Jesus and. Good God, we're dying and you hand us our own coffin. I love that. So in the song, obviously it says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. How often do we get taught your life will be better if you were more righteous? If you made better decisions, then you would be more prosperous. It becomes all about works. We believe in faith and works. You know, it's faith worked out. Sometimes we do just end up offering somebody like their own coffin. I love that. When all about us are waves and wind that threaten to shipwreck our lives, what we need is an anchor. An anchor that's chained to an immovable hope. And an anchor that's fastened around us. An anchor that holds us fast when storms rage all about us. We need what the author of Hebrews 6 tells us, as we have. We have this, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters in the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as the forerunner on our behalf. That was Hebrews 6, 19-20. There is no Jesus and. Friends, there is only Jesus. And he is more than enough. It's one of the strangest and most beautiful images in scripture. Christ our priest as an anchor within the Holy of Holies. This man who is flesh of our flesh, bone of our bone, is united to us inextricably. He is as close to us as heat is to the fire, as wet is to water. He has chained us to himself in a bond that cannot be broken. While offering up his own body for us on the cross, he has thrown upward, sailing through the firmament, passed through the celestial courts, ripped into the veil that hung between heaven and earth and is lodged as a bloody anchor into the gold-plated Ark of the Covenant, 
before the Father's throne of grace. Christ, our priest, has anchored himself in heaven's holiest place. And because we are joined to him, we are anchored there as well. As he holds fast to the Father, so he holds fast to us. Just grab this for a second before I carry on. So the Holy of Holies in Jerusalem, it was the, it was the centre of the temple. The, only the high priest could, could go in there. Why? Because it was believed that uh, heaven and earth collided in that point. They, they believed it was this sacred place where um, almost here and heaven are so wafer thin this divide is is almost not there in, in fact it was almost this idea that as you stepped into the holy of holies you were stepping into the heavenly realms it was so sacred and so holy so when christ is anchored into the holy of holies it's like he is anchored into the heavenly realms itself just pause for a minute and, and take that in for yourself Whatever you've got going on today, wherever you are heading right now, listening to this podcast, if you're doing the washing up, tied to your foot is, an, is, a, is a rope that is anchored, is tied to Jesus Christ, our anchor, who is in the Holy of Holies, in the heavenly realms. Where Jesus is right now, you are tied to him uh, because of what he has done for us. Let me keep going. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ because nothing can unanchor him from us or us from him. No storm of sin, no gales of guilt, no floods of fear. We may be tossed about, but our anchor holds. We will struggle, we will doubt. But thanks be to God that we are not the anchor. Christ is the anchor. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus's blood and righteousness. Not our own fidelity, not our, not our own piety, not our own anything. There is no Jesus and there is only Jesus. And he is more than enough. These are life-giving words for us who stand daily on the precipice of eternity. We rest on Christ's unchanging grace and our anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I love that. I just think it's a beautiful uh, walk through of these phenomenal verses in Hebrews 6. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Friends, it does not matter what storms your life uh, is going through right now. It doesn't matter if right now the waters are calm and everything is hunky-dory and it's like you're on holiday. It doesn't matter if it's that or there's a storm on the water and it's, it feels like shipwreck is coming. It does also not matter uh, how you are doing spiritually, 
when you have anchored yourself to Jesus, you are anchored to Jesus. It's about what he has done for you, not what you have done for him. As long as you have said, yes, Jesus, I want you to anchor me, then that's exactly what he does. Sometimes our emotions lie to us. Life's difficult. I'm going through a storm. I feel like a mess. Therefore, it's all falling apart. So is my faith. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm almost abandoning it. I've lost it. We can feel it. We can allow our emotions to take over till we've almost given up hope with our faith. Friends, it does not matter how you are doing emotionally, how you are doing with your faith in terms of how on fire you think you are. This, friends, is all about Jesus, what Jesus has done for us and his bloody anchor is now firmly in that holy place of what he is because of what he has done on the cross and you are tied to him and he is pulling you into that holy of holies. That's what's going on. Now, some of us, we are still kicking and screaming uh, as if uh, we're trying to cling on to what we have here. My, my my biggest encouragement for you and I, allow Jesus to just pull you into his uh, space, into the place that he is, allow him to pull you in. Allow that rope that Christ has tied to you to pull you into that holy sanctuary. Uh, don't withhold it. Don't try to stop it from happening. Uh, allow it to happen. Allow Jesus to pull you because it is the place that you need to be. It is the holy of holies and it is only made possible because of what Christ has done for you. So Zachariah, he had a rope around his leg to pull him out just in case he died in the holy of holies. Friends, you and I have an anchor on our leg pulling us inwards. Praise be. I don't know, when I read those words that Chad Bird had written, it just felt to me like a yes and amen. That's what I'm after. The Jesus that is pulling me into where he is. Not because I'm good enough, not because I'm most well behaved or because I've done everything I should do. Simply because I've said yes to Jesus. Friends, I, I pray that you find that helpful. I'm going to put the uh, link in the show notes. Uh, but particularly as we start to approach uh, Easter uh, over the next few weeks, reminding ourselves why it is that Christ has done what he has done and that we're anchored to him. He's pulling us into where he is. Uh, for me, that's a bit of an explanation. When Jesus says to that criminal, today you will be with me in paradise, that criminal will only be with Jesus in paradise on that day because Christ will be in paradise because where Christ was heading was towards the heavenly realms and because Christ was heading towards the heavenly realms through hell obviously let's not forget that he went into hell to preach before he gets to heaven um, we could possibly even look at that in, in a future podcast episode uh, but that criminal was going to be in paradise not because he'd done anything to deserve it but not because he'd uh, won it but because Christ was heading into the heavenly realms and he was now tying himself to Christ. Friends, I pray that you find that helpful and encouraging. Until next time, grace and peace. Peace.